one now. No way. And that's why I'm annoyed. But we're going to go to Asia. No way. I said I'm not going to be upset and I'm just going to go to Asia for a change. And so. I'm going to go to Thailand and Bali. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be upset and ruin my summer. City and beach. Hmm? Yeah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Mo Show podcast, episode 65, with uh, an old friend, Nadwa Aishin. What's uh, up? How are you? I'm good, and I'm so happy to be here in your amazing office, Saraha. Office yani, or studio? Studio. Uh, it's really good to be here, and honestly, I'm so proud of you, On actually. Yani, I can't believe this is episode number 65. I'm number 65. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it crazy what, uh, what can be done when we uh, find our passion in life? You found your passion in life. I did actually. I also did. I started off with interviews in COVID as well. I think you remember, but yeah, mostly the, doctors. The lives. Yeah, the lives were really fun, and I think we both found this joy during this time. Honestly, you have a very comfortable like aura, so you you get people to actually share with you, which is amazing. And I don't think a lot of people are made um, to do this job. And I told you today, just when I walked in, I was like, Muhammad, and the sot sot hag radio, sot hag podcast, sot hag, and you basically tell a story. And honestly, you grab attention. And you're warm, and this really helps. You know, there are so many people that are on TV that you watch, and you're like, oh my God, you just shut the TV, or you don't even watch anymore because they, they, they don't grab you. You have that, alhamdulillah. And I'm so proud of you that, I, and you can't imagine uh, how much I love seeing people that I know doing things they love and succeeding. And really, I'm happy for you, Allah. It means a lot to me coming from you. Honest to God. No, really, really, me too. And uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you deserve more, Hatta. Well, we will learn well, from you, Nada, with, uh, with... And who's with not her. watching the Mo Show this month should be watching it, Diamond. And honestly, you have really showed a different perspective to Saudi. First of all, you have... The people you have hosted, I, I think for, for people that are watching from abroad, you know how when they ask us abroad, how is Saudi? What do you wear? Do they speak English? When people have these questions about who we are, you have actually shown them every... Um, people in from different uh, walks of life, different careers, very well spoken. This is this is Saudi, honestly. You know why the opportunity was there and why I decided to capitalize on it? Tell me. Because we have the technology today to tell people about us as opposed to letting people tell others about us. You tell us about you. Don't let other people tell us your story. And here we are. I was baffled when in 2015, 2016, Someone was pointing out to the obvious. He said, um, these days, if you have a mic and connection to internet, the quality of your content can reach the entire globe where 10 years before 2015, like 05, the jurisdiction of your radio station is within that town or city you live in. Mm-hmm. How's Nada today? Nada body, is good. Body, mind, soul. Uh, Nada is good. Um... Life is okay, you know. Alhamdulillah, I've been. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I've been through a move. So in February, I moved back to Jeddah from Kuwait after being there for almost six years. Oh, okay, sorry. After being there for almost six years, so uh, the move wasn't easy. Uh, coming back home after six years has been very weird and different for me. Uh, especially that even before I got married, I was always out of the country. So new house, kids coming back with a lot of baggage, furniture a new house, adapting. Um, I'm not used to this much family again in my life because <laughs> it's usually very quiet and quiet. Um, business is good. I'm I'm really excited about like the new ventures I'm actually looking into right now. There are several projects I'm working on in addition to one I just opened. So I'm in a good place work-wise, you know. Uh, alhamdulillah, yani, we can't say that life is perfect 
every day. You know, we have, of course, ups and downs. There are things that don't always work out. But I'll just say I'm blessed that, ha- I, that I have things going on for me. And honestly, I'm a hard worker. And I'm, I'm not someone that even if I'm going through um, issues in my life, you'd see it in my day to day. I hold my ground strong. I'm not one of those like very fragile girls, let's say. I, I, I stand strong. I, if, I don't like to be that victim or that girl that goes through a lot. I like to always perform, do something, achieve. I like to have a story, not just like in, you know, God of Zalana or God You have obstacles in life, especially in business. We all know this. But alhamdulillah, everything's okay. Big transition, but all good. <laughs> you know, when I think of you, you know what comes to mind? Tell me. That you actually built your brand and empowered yourself before women empowerment became a mandate true because i'm going to tell you something um a lot of people now put signs that they're empowered or women they're to be empowered or to be a woman that has strength you don't need to always put a billboard or show it it's actually just within you um i started off very early and i went to college as i said in 17 when i went to boston when i came back i started working in finance as you know uh, I was what? I was 21. I did my ba- master's and I came back. My dad, after three months of just being home, looking for a job, thought it was weird that I'm home. He's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it was just three months. And then I worked in HSBC and I've been in banking. I stayed in banking for 11 years. I was in HSBC and then I went to Al-Farensi and then I worked in the family office with Abdul Mahsan Amran. So all my life I've been I wanted to always have financial independence because let's be very, very honest, because every woman talks about uh, empower, empower, like woman empowerment and independence. But the key, the key for any woman to have any independence in her life is to have her own financial, um, financial independence. That's the most, most important thing. So basically you can be uh, independent, but if you're actually asking your husband or your father, to spend on you at the end of the day, you're still always asking someone for something. And I feel that's okay for so many, for so many women, and if they accept it and it's okay for them. But for me, I feel this generation cannot uh, continue like our parents because our generation has also changed and has given us every tool to change and actually be in positions that we were never in before. So I've always wanted to have my financial independence. I want to make my own decisions. I always wanted to go up the ladder at work. I remember my first job, I started off, I made 8,000 riyals. And I remember when I wanted to go see my friend Fatma Kano in Bahrain, the ticket cost me 1,500, and then the hotel cost me 2,000. <laughs> and then I spent 1,500 there. And then I think I came back, like, say, the beginning of the month, and I had like 3,000 riyals in my pocket. And I was like, I worked all this time in the bank just to make 8,000, and I spent all of it in six days, you know, in three days. So in my head, I was like, no, this is not acceptable. I'm going to make more. I'm going to do more because I never like to always ask, even though my father was always very kind and giving, but I always wanted to feel that, you know, this year I'm going to do this. Next year I'm going to do this. And during banking, I opened a clothing store, not because I thought I was a fashionista or anything. It's just because I really enjoyed the, the dealing with traders and buying and going to buy from shows and trade shows. I really enjoyed that aspect, but it was never a moneymaker the first five years. So the only time I actually left my job was when I was able to say this store sustains my salary, and it was even 20% less than my salary, but at least it would give me the freedom of having my own time. And that's when I left. And when I left banking, my boss told me, which bank are you going to? Tell me the truth. I'm sure you got a a better offer in this bank. And I told him, no, I'm done with finance because I, I did so well in finance and I was... 
I was successful in finance, but honestly, my heart was never, never in it. Like I, I'm good with people. I can sell anything <laughs> that I believe in. Um, but <laughs> no one, disclaimer. No, no, really, really. <laughs> uh, if I believe in something, I will sell it. Like I, I like private equity investments, for example. So I would always push that because I get it and I understand it. But like, like stocks, I don't really get it. It's not my thing. So point is, like, um, I I left because I. I just didn't enjoy the field anymore. Like I, I remember one day I left my job at 10 p.m. and I was like in the car and it was dark and I was like, why do I do this to myself? I'm working from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. leaving. It's just not me anymore. I, I lost that joy in in, um, in working in finance and that's how I got into retail. So you left because you didn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. That's a really good time to leave. Yeah, tw- at 12 years. It wasn't, it wasn't a short period of time. Do you feel that today you apply a lot of your learnings from banking in your day-to-day life? 100%. Uh, can I be very honest with you? Like, I think before banking, I was a child. I was not a um, assertive girl. I didn't know how to speak. I didn't know how to... Yani, I was just a girl that graduated from college. That just, just yani, I was basic, basic. You know, I was a basic plain Jane. <laughs> Let's just say that. Banking taught me, wallah, banking has taught me to be patient, has given me drive, has given me uh, respect for time, has given me uh, per- perseverance. That's another mm. also word. Mm. And uh, it also made me competitive, but in a good way, because I always worked with men. I never worked with women in banking. I always worked with men. And... Um, I always wanted to to get good numbers, and I, it, it gave me that competition thing going on, but which was good. I think healthy competition is always good. What else did it teach me? Uh, also, Income statements, balance sheets, numbers yeah. for sure. Numbers. I like. I'm a number person from banking. I was the worst in math, by the way. The worst in math. The worst. Worst in accounting. And I remember when I was in banking, by the way, just to let you know, I didn't have enough background in accounting because I had a master's in market, bachelor's in marketing and my master was in management. So imagine when I came back to Jeddah, I went to Jamaat al-Malik Abdelaziz and I went and took a full course of accounting in Arabic mm. because I felt I was slacking comparing to the rest of the RMs that were in the bank. So I felt that gave me a, a better edge. Very smart of you to yeah. do that. And another thing also what I really liked about banking is that it gave me time management, which is something I think... Uh, God for it because everybody in this field I'm in now, which is social media as well, has is very poor in. So I, I get jobs um, in this field as well. I think, feel sometimes not just because I'm the best out there, not at all. It's because I'm always consistent. I'm timely. And I'm, I have to admit, I'm also humble. It doesn't get to my head. I still don't get it till today. Or someone says hello to me in the bathroom or and like, oh, are you Neda? And I'm like, how does she know me? She knows me. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm, I really don't get it, you know? Yeah, you're humble. There's, there's another word that comes along with time management closely related to it yeah. that you didn't hit on. Tell me. Discipline. Discipline. Actually, that's the right word. Yeah, it's, a, it's even better than time management. Discipline. Yeah. I have discipline. You gotta be. There's a saying, either be disciplined with yourself or someone will be. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something. I always noticed that no matter what, whatever phase I was in my life, there were two things that were always consistent. My job where it was always there, no matter what happened, I always had that job and my family, two things that were always strong and stable. And to me, those come from discipline. You know what I mean? Like my job was always there because I, and I didn't know how to live without those two in my life. They had to be consistent mm. and yeah. I think it's won or lost. I had uh, Anas Bukhash, yeah. best in the business in what, in what we do here. Um, and, and he said, you know, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. Some people want to chill and watch Netflix. 
for an hour a day and some want to watch it for three hours a day. Some people want to sleep for nine. Some people want to sleep for six. Some people want to go to the gym. Some people don't want to go to the gym. So you can be disciplined with what you do and how you spend your time and and you know what are you allowing into your life in terms of yeah. content? What are you doing for your body? So being disciplined in so many different facets of your life uh, is could very well be the difference. And I think True. it's definitely the, the difference between a successful person and an average person. True. Uh, actually, the bank I used to, the investment firm I used to work in in Bahrain, um, I remember my old boss, Abdel Mehsan. I always say, I, I always mention his name because he taught me a lot. His name is Abdel Mehsan Amran. So in the office, he had a gym and he said, a healthy mind, healthy body. 100%. And he used to say that I want you all to be here at 6 a.m., Know that know what's happening in the stock market, and you need to be working out an hour before you get to work. And honestly, in the beginning, I was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to wake up at six to get to work at eight thirty. But honestly, it made such a difference. And I'm not going to lie to you; I don't work out at six a.m. at, at all anymore. <laughs> but I used to do that back in the day. But now, I work out at any time throughout the day, as long as I make sure I get that stress that out. And I, yeah, I, I I have to get an hour a day or an hour and a half a day. Do you notice a difference in your performance and how your brain? is operating whether you have worked out or not worked out uh, for sure uh, first of all it gives me clarity and second of all it makes me happy yeah i know it releases endorphins and it just really makes me so happy yeah happy i put my music it's my time to unwind and yeah. relax never and, fails uh, you know how people relax on different in different ways to me walking on the treadmill and putting my music makes me happy and it makes me it's my way to relax you yeah. know yeah. Sometimes you feel like it's the world's best kept secret, <laughs> but at the same time, not enough people do it. Yeah. Um, how was, um, you mentioned retail uh, mm -hmm. for briefly, you were there yeah. for three years and you learned a lot over there at Bin Dawood, which you most probably applied in, in your own retail space. What was the experience like uh, being a head buyer in a retail division? Okay, so when I, when I left banking and I had my store, I was like, you know, it's impossible that I'm gonna go run a boutique and expect it to actually to understand this market very well and grow. If I don't work for a big company, that basically, that that's that's what they do. So I applied to Ben Dawood, and I they have a department store called Etir. I don't know if you know it. It's Etir. It's in uh, it's now it's next to FIFA here in Jeddah. At the time, it was in Retsimo. So it was a huge department store. It had kids, um, kids wear, men's wear, home, uh, women's, and I was the head buyer there along with the, with the owner Khalid Ben Dawood. We were both buying everything together, and honestly. It taught me how to buy on a much bigger scale. Like, of course, Neda's budget to buy for a small boutique is totally different than buying for a big entity and going to trade shows in Milan and Europe and China. Like, I never even, like, I even went and bought things for the accessory department in Danube and Bin Dawood from China. So it opened my, like, my eyes to the trade shows abroad, uh, how you buy, the budgets, all these things. And honestly, it was such a fun experience. I stayed in it for three years. It was a family, two years, sorry, two years. It was a family-owned business. And I felt that that, was the, that job was the last job I wanted to have to work for someone. I felt that like I've, I've done enough and um, I'm ready to be on my own. And I wanted to focus on my personal, I had a personal shopping service and my stores at the time. That was the last time I worked for anyone. And I really learned a lot because it really opened my eyes to a different, I could say, category like and I remember by the way I'll tell you a story I was in Milan once and um, there was uh, I was in a hotel called Principetta de Savoy and I love that hotel in Milan and I saw um, Ahmed Al Asai uh, he's the owner of all the kids clo clothes Hag Al Asai in Jeddah and I remember when I used to go as a kid and buy and I saw him buying with his team in Italy 
And I looked at him and I was like, you know, one day I really want to have a big team in Italy and I want to come buying and actually have this um, credibility and having a big store one day. And hopefully I still have that dream. Inshallah, it happens. It's amazing. Um, so at the end of all of that, uh, you went to start the Huntress. I started the Huntress. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had Newbury before for 11 years. Newbury, of course. Yeah, Newbury was open for 11 years, uh, 13 years. And then after Newbury closed down, we op- I opened the Huntress on my own. And now the Huntress has been running for around uh, seven or eight years. Okay. Almost. Which is women's attire. Multi-brand gowns. boutique for yeah. women. It's uh, During COVID, actually, took a, we actually did so well during COVID comparing to many of the other uh, stores. And how, uh, come? how come? I'll tell you why. Because we started focusing on what people wear at home. Leisure wear, lounge wear, things that were very easy to sell. And for some reason, people were bored. So they were shopping. I think they, they were waiting till it ended. That's what it was. It was, uh, it was boredom. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we did very well, and we we just launched online at the time, so it was a perfect timing for us to launch online, which has actually like opened so many doors for us. And I don't think I even need a store now, so I don't I don't see the need for all this operation cost yeah. now. Are a lot of brands noticing that? Is it just me, or is a lot moving now online, even on the high street level in the UK? Um, for the high street, for sure, there are a lot of like, for example, Next and Gap, and and I don't know what's the other brand I forgot, but these Next and Gap are moving. F- almost fully towards H&M. online, H&M too. They're all moving online. Uh, in Saudi, I feel the issue is if you start as a store, it's very hard to push your customers to go buy online. So I think it's going to be a gradual move and it takes time. And it, it honestly costs a lot of digital marketing, costs a lot of money. It actually can cost more than your shop rent. So it's it's very really? expensive to push people to your website. People think you open a website and you know, I'm going to get sales. That's not true. It's actually, you might not get any sales. The store might still sell better, but it's, it's, it, there's a way around it. The marketing is very costly. Um, a lot of awareness, influencer marketing, it, which is also very costly. So it, you need to have someone to help you strategize to actually get there. The appetite of the retail sector in Saudi is not slowing down. Between Avenues and Mall of Saudi opening in Riyadh, I believe it's called Mall of Saudi. I'm not I'm sure. Not I, know really the, sure. A, I know Avenues uh, and another. The Avenues one. is opening, I know for sure in Riyadh. And and you look around here in, in Eastern Province as well, like there is no slowdown whatsoever in mall retail space. So I think Saudi's market could be a little different to the West. People actually do want to, you know, it's, it's an outing. They do want to walk out. Brick and mortar is still alive and well. Um, it's going to change because honestly, let's be honest, more than 70% here are below the age of 25, yeah, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to change. The people that still like to see uh, and buy are are people that are like older, you know, and realistically, um, the operation cost of, of stores is becoming too costly for small businesses. So what you're going to see in malls is like franchises or big brands that are run by big companies. But you remember those small stores that you would see in cute places? These are going to be, they won't be able to sustain the rent, in my opinion, over the next five years. I feel there are going to be website website uh, brands or places mm-hmm. to shop. The only ones that are going to stay in the malls are the big brands we all know that we see in the high street, uh, in, like in London or France or wherever, but not uh, the small boutiques. The small boutiques are actually closing down one after the other. Wow. Like this month, I know three are closing down. No way. Three closed down. It's an aff- Which it is sad. affordability yeah. uh, issue. Operation cost has become way more than how much you make. So it just doesn't add value anymore. It's like a waste of time and waste of money. Yeah. 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 Uh, landscape is changing. Um, moving back. Tell me. We touched on it in the beginning. Uh, was it 
did you move back for any specific reason? What drew you back to come home and moving the family? Okay, so my husband works in entertainment and um, he left his job in uh, Sheikh Jabir's cultural uh, opera house in, in Kuwait. Uh, there was a transition. And so basically he left the job and I was always, I always didn't mind coming back to Saudi because like my, my business is here. Like I have the Huntress, I opened a home service spa. I have two other projects coming up soon. Inshallah, I'll tell you about it when it's, when it's open. Uh, so to me, it was the perfect place for me to work. So I used to always fly back and forth, back and forth. And during COVID, it made it really hard. So I told them, if you're in entertainment, so why are you in Kuwait? I think it's time for us to move back to Jeddah because honestly, it's the place to be. In the beginning, he was very hesitant. And you know, Kuwaitis love their country. They they don't really ever want to leave. But I felt he really saw the opportunity. And and uh, I think he wanted Riyadh in the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you. But I, then in the beginning, I told him, if you don't have anything set there as of now, why not Jeddah? And it's been, it's been, it's new. So I can't tell you he's fine. <laughs> I don't know yet. It's just been... Um, it's an adjustment. Yeah, it's been three months and we've been traveling a lot. So he didn't feel that he's still here yet. But business-wise, it's where he should be. And he knows it. And he's happy to be here work-wise. Uh, uh, like on the social side, I don't know yet. We're figuring that out. <laughs> you want to get business locked in first. And then yeah, when he, I, I know when he f- finalizes work and everything here, he'll be fine. Because Hamad's a working person. And like, it's, let's be honest, life is routine. Five days a week is just gym, work, home. So... It's the same everywhere. Yeah, but between the seasons uh, and what's happening here, uh, Saudi is definitely the place to be yeah. as far as entertainment is concerned. Not even Dubai right now. I feel like Saudi is the place to be. And even it's it's a market that is hungry for so much and a lot of things are happening. So mm. I, I'm so excited to be here and part of this change. It's nice to, to live in Saudi during this period because, you know, I f- left to call. I, I when, when did I finish school? I finished school in 2000. So it's so nice to be here now and to see all this change from the time I graduated from high school. Uh, aren't you happy to be here? It's unbelievable. Or to witness this? It's, it's crazy. I'm because, happy. Because, I, because I've seen it before when there was nothing uh, as far as entertainment goes. And now I'm seeing the world or the country that my son is growing up in. And when he's old enough to understand, I'm going to be like, Yo, be, be, be fortunate enough because we didn't have this growing up. There's an entertainment boom amongst so many other booms in the country. And it's just, it's so amazing to see. Um, so the fact that we have a front row seat to it makes me feel really happy inside. I know. Inside. And we were like thriving during this period. I yeah. love that. Everybody wants to know about Saudi. Everybody wants to be part of Saudi. Even brands, you know, because I'm in social media. Every brand now is excited about Saudi. I think five years ago, they were not excited about Saudis or working with Saudi influencers. Now, all there's so much interest and intrigue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. You, you're an ambassador to the country on some on some level, honestly. <laughs> Thank With you. With the amount of people who you, how many lives did you do? I've done a hundred. <laughs> yeah, you're an ambassador. <laughs> I've done a hundred. Because imagine how many people you have changed what they thought of Saudi and the Middle East just based on a conversation. It's true. I, I don't know any. You know, honestly, I never thought of it this way. But I just um, I just got so happy when I started realizing that the, my demographic on Instagram has U.S. to me. That was like, wow. People in the U.S. follow me. I have 10% American following. Is that's it 10%? 10% almost. That's, that's yeah, a I was figure. so happy. I was yeah, so happy. And be. this is from my lives with them. To be honest, it was weird. When I started the lives, it was because I really didn't like how women were really changing how they looked in a very horrible manner, especially on social media because they're an example. And over-injecting. So I actually started off with doctors. And the doctors I interviewed were very famous, like Simon Orian, the Kardashian doctor, KO, another very famous doctor. So they all had like 1 million, 2 million, 3 million. And it was, 
I didn't even believe they gave me the time of their day to give me a live. And then after that, it just became a cycle. So this doctor would know I did a live with this doctor and that doctor. And it start, started off with a medical, uh, as a medical way, with dermatology and all that. And then that's how it started growing. And then I got into other topics and stuff. But honestly, honestly, I love um, skincare. So I really like the idea that I'm having surgeons that don't have 15 minutes 15 minutes of their time. Like if these surgeons, you go to them, they give you 15 minutes. So imagine one hour, having an hour with a surgeon to tell you about what he thinks and what he feels. And to tell millions of people and not that one person in the room. Yeah. And like, it's funny, like my mom calls me the other day. She's like, my friend asked me, what do you think of this doctor? I told her, she, you didn't interview him. I'm like, just because I didn't interview him doesn't mean he's a bad doctor. <laughs> it's just that I didn't get the time. Uh, but it's it's so nice to see that people have trust in me when it comes to uh, doctor recommendations, skincare, and things that I say, because I really, really try to be honest as much as I can in every possible way. I'm, I'm, I'm always myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you're one of the few people out there with the influence that you have who is true to themselves. You notice it a lot. I mean, I've noticed a lot. Somebody who I meet in real life is the complete opposite of what they are online, but with you, because I've known you for a long time, when I see you, your persona online, it's the same Nada I know from, from the very young age that I've known you at, uh, that I've known you at. Um, it's refreshing to see. Thank you. And I don't think uh, it's ever going to change, which is... No, it never will because I don't see why. You know, uh, what, uh, the same thing with you. Your, your realness is what makes your show successful. Uh, your realness is what attracts a certain type of following to you. When you're fake uh, and you're not real, eventually you can't be consistent because it's not you. Yeah. And eventually it starts showing and you will not be able to have consistency. And as I said, there are a lot of people talking about um, uh, the perfect life on social media does not exist. Uh, the extreme uh, uh, show of uh, being empowered is not real. Because if you are a strong woman, as we said, you don't show it every day, it's just within you. Um, strength and self-love is show. You, you can see it uh, without, uh, you don't need someone to, um, it just shows. Mm. Confidence the, shows. And the audience can sniff it out from a mile away yeah. if you're pretending or if you genuinely mean what you're saying. And also you have kids, so you, you want you want them to see that their mom is real. Like mm. why mama is different on when she talks on yeah. TV and yeah. then she's home, she's like another person. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. The audience can also pick up if you're into a conversation or not. Yeah, or bored. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was an episode where I, uh, definitely not this episode, <laughs> where, my, where it was obvious that I was thinking of something else, maybe cars. Uh, and a comment came like, Mo, you're, you know, this, this conversation is not really in line with what you're interested in, is it? So no, they can detect no, it. They yeah. can detect whether you're genuinely into it or not. I do it off sometimes. Some, so. and some, and there was a live I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say who. And uh, the lady was just so, so like, Yanni, I was so shocked. Actually, let me tell you about this live. She was someone that basically is all about woman empowerment, self-love, self-confidence, she talked about how she had body issues and body image issues. I, I thought this live will be like, like it will break like records. I'm going to have the highest views. I'm going to, she's amazing. She's a storyteller. She has the best strong images that are raw. When she came on my social media, I had to push the words out of her. Uh, she was a totally different person than what she portrayed on her page, which was so disappointing because she would have been the perfect, her, according to her page, she should have been the best example of young women suffering from body issues. or, And I was so, so disappointed because I waited for that life for a month and a half. And then I was like, it's sad. You know what I mean? You know why you got a bit unlucky? Because your, your method is live. 
if it wasn't live you you'd have the you'd, you'd, you'd have the ability to not publish it true if i felt that the my guest didn't give all they can all 100 percent, i won't publish it if i feel that maybe maybe i was off that day maybe i couldn't get everything out of them or maybe they just flipped a switch the moment that the camera started rolling um but because the nature of your work is live yeah and, and all other 99s and i'm sure we don't but you get but you got that one where you just had to roll with it and and you couldn't pull it because khalas you're airborne you can't just end it halfway true and there are some brands that want to pay you to do lives for their clinic or their with a doctor they have and yeah. and then i tell them but your doctor is not a live material she's not going to intrigue any of the people that are watching yeah. so to be very honest unless you have a doctor that's charismatic that knows what's what to say don't waste your money true uh, and i'm someone that tells them that because also it's boring for me to sit for 40 minutes doing a live with someone that has no charisma or no, uh, or is not someone that can speak properly about the topic. Yeah. So I, I always tell brands this, and I know maybe it's bad, I can get paid, but no, I like to do it correctly. What kind of relationship have you had with parents, mom and dad? What have they taught you? Let's start with dad. <laughs> okay, my father is like my best friend, honestly. I adore him. Like he, we're so similar. This is why we, we really like get into conflict so much because we're so similar. Um, he is a very hardworking person, very uh, by the book. He's like military, you know, and I think that's kind of good for someone like me growing up because I was like the rebel. <laughs> so it worked because um, he taught me how to be who I am. He, he never wanted me to be this girl that doesn't do anything. And what I loved about my dad, like, you know, most men uh, expected their daughter to grow up and have a nice degree and then get married and hang her degree. They don't care what she really does with it as long as she's like taken care of and safe. My father comes from, um, has six sisters, sorry, eight sisters. All of them were working women, and he's the the, uh, the fourth in line. And all my aunts were working women. His mom's Syrian. Um, so he didn't understand uh, a woman that's at home, although he never married a woman that actually, like he's, my parents are divorced, so he never married a working woman before. But he wanted his daughter to be a strong working woman. He wanted me to be a a banker, and I think that's how why I became a banker and I worked in finance because I think that was his dream. So our relationship is very strong. We're very close. Uh, he always complains about my my spending, <laughs> always. Uh, even with my business, he keeps used to showing me how much I did. I spent extra on operation costs. I should have done this, and that's how he's a we. He's businessman. He is, and we worked very well together. And uh, we're. I like how he gave me that. How can you say? that drive he gave me the drive my mom on the other hand is very different my mom is someone that's into languages um she lived all her life in lebanon and then moved here at uh, 21 when she married my dad so she's my mom didn't finish college for example so all her like her concern and what she really wanted was she wanted neda to finish uh, college she wanted to do my masters she wants me to play tennis she wants me to speak french she, she wanted me to do it all you know what I mean? Mom. My mom. So uh, this is why I speak French because of her. She insisted that we all speak um, a third language. She insisted that we all play a sport. She insisted <laughs> that we do summer school every year uh, because she didn't have this. Um, how can you say as a, in her childhood, she wanted me to have all that. Which Standard I love. for mothers and fathers, yeah. by the way. They she, she's a pusher. She's a pusher. Yeah. And she's um, she's intense. But it works. It works. Uh, to me, I never took it in a bad way. And I love her for that. She, we're very similar in ways as well, which is weird. And we're very different, yet very similar. But my mom is like, um, uh, she's also my biggest uh, fan. <laughs> she's always so proud of me. She shares it. She's like proud of me. And I like that. Biggest lesson she's ever taught you? Um, 
she, I don't think she's ever taught me a lesson, to be honest. I think she just, uh, her whole way of raising me was a lesson, okay. to be fair. Strict? No, not at all. Both my parents are not very strict. They're not very strict. They're not in the type that come back home at 11 and don't stay out late because I was reasonable. So how did you turn out to be disciplined if they didn't discipline you? I don't know. <laughs> because they never, like, they were never the parents that didn't have sugar at home or junk food or canned or, or soda. It was there. So that's why I feel like we just became, we, we, were, we were relaxed. Yeah. They were not difficult parents. No, they were not strict. They were just reasonable. I don't know how to explain it to you. Yeah. I think it's just me. <laughs> It comes down to character, really. Yeah, because character. you can discipline the hell out of your child and it ends up being a child who has no discipline when he grows up. And I'm the same now with my son. I don't find myself very strict or very difficult or very, you know, anal about things. I'm, I'm actually very chilled. Is it, does it come down to luck? How much of it is what you instill in your child and how much is it their character and personality with regards to what kind of a human being they're going to be? To be honest, like I genuinely want to know. I want to know too, but, because honestly, <laughs> I just um, like you know my parents were a bit strict, but they were not the type that always hugged and did a lot of that mm. hugging. I think our generation, their generation, didn't do that much. So now all I do with my son is I always hug him and give him so much love, and I'm more understanding like of what he wants to do. If he wants to be a DJ, I'll be fine with it. Versus my parents wanted me a doctor, lawyer, banker. I'm more accepting of things. Although I wish he was be, would be a doctor, <laughs> but it's just what I want. But it's not what he wants. I really don't know how to decide. Like I don't know how it would work. I think it's just I'm honestly I'm just playing it by ear. Yeah. I really have no. Aren't we all? Do you read books and stuff about raising kids? I'm not really into that either. I feel it's just fitra. I read books, but honestly, not about raising kids. Maybe I should. I know I'm not big on that, but I just feel that like it, it's th some things are just uh, inevitable. Yeah. They just happen. Yeah. I think also it's a happy household, don't you think? I think that's a, a, a key ingredient. A happy household is To important. how the child turns out. I mean, I, I read somewhere recently that if you grew up in a house with two parents who are still together, who love each other, true. you have a huge advantage that many people around the world don't. It's true. And also being an example, like, for example, my son says, when I grow up, I'm going to work out like Baba because mm. his dad and I work out every morning. When I grow up, I'm going to go to work and travel on the plane like Mama. Mm -hmm. So all these things that I used to worry about, um, about me working or traveling or leaving my kid in the beginning, used to I used to get that guilt and that guilt and I'd be so upset that I'm leaving for four days and then a week. And but then I realized that he understands now that mama's going to work. Yeah. She's going to go make money to buy me toys and that work has a reward. <laughs> and this is something very healthy, I feel. True. And, you know, a lot of women dramatize this whole thing and they're like, oh, I left my kid. And this is also a learning experience for your kid that he knows that life is not easy. Yeah. It's also about giving and working and time is not your your time is not always yours. Yeah. And this is important. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you, you feel like, but the good thing is like your son's upstairs now. Yeah. <laughs> Before we move on to the next point, can you uh, tell Instagram Live what the experience has been like being on the Mo Show so far? The Mo Show is amazing. <laughs> I'm having such a great time with Mohammed. Aside from, and we're friends, uh, but honestly, it's, uh, I'm sharing a lot more than I should, <laughs> but I'm really loving it. By the way, I, I haven't done this in the new studio. I really broke protocol today. No, break it, break I, it. Uh, he's fun to talk to. You should be on the show. If you aren't, you're missing out. And if you're not watching, you're missing out. <laughs> Can you handle the marketing for me, please? <laughs> all right, we'll let you guys go now and get back to the episode. Thank you all. Life uh, in today's era is very stressful. Mm, true. It could be hell some days. 
What does Nada do to switch off de-stress and just try to gather your footing? To be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I have a very big problem switching off. I don't think I switch off much, uh, which is something not very healthy or good because I, I tend to work all the time because, you know, I work from home. I deal with uh, Dubai and abroad for work. So technically I'm operating seven days a week because, you know, Fridays they work in Europe. And then um, I'm always working. But for me, something that makes me really happy, that brings me joy, that makes me unwind, even if I'm working when I'm abroad, is travel. To me, that is the time, even if I'm working during that period, it just makes me happy. It, I, I love to explore new places and visit new countries and see cultures. So I've been to 59 countries. So um, you know how people like to go to the typical countries? Like I like to go see places that I haven't seen before, like and explore. Example? Mm, I've been to Vietnam, been to Beijing, I've been to Finland, Norway, Poland. Slovenia? Slovenia. Ljubljana? Ljubljana. Nice, huh? And I also went to another one there, I forgot, I forgot oh the goodness. name. Uh, I'll tell you, Montenegro. I've been to Montenegro with Maharag. <laughs> I've been to, where else? Uh, so many. Croatia. Uh, Croatia, I've been, Denmark, uh, Sweden. I said Denmark and Sweden, oh, sorry. It's so much better than the beaten path that everyone just... Yeah, and I've been to like, uh, even when I go, went to Spain, I went to San Sebastian in that area. Oh, Northern Spain. Uh, where did I go also? I've been to Venezuela. I've been to... Um, Australia. Australia, not yet, because uh, not yet. You got to. I heard it's Beautiful amazing. Country. Every time I plan Brazil and Argentina, something happens. First time I got pregnant, they had Zika virus. Second time, COVID. So every time something happens, I've been to Mexico. I've been to where else have I been to? Oh my God, suddenly I just went by South Africa. Japan. Japan, not yet. I've been to Hong Kong. Oh, you you got to do Australia, Japan. Australia, Japan. Australia is a, a bit of a California vibe. I hear. Yeah. I hear. Hmm. But you know, my Japan is more exciting to me. Like Japan, Russia. Uh, you know where I really want to go the most now? Colombia and Costa Rica. Those are like the two places that I have in mind for my next trip, you know? Very adventurous. Yeah. yeah. I like new places. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Finish the sentences for me, Nadam. Sure. This I did not share with you. It's okay. I feel most alive when, probably. When, when I travel. travel. Yeah. A fear I'd like to conquer. Um, Self-doubt. You doubt yourself a lot? Not a lot, but sometimes, you know, when I do something, I always wonder. I shouldn't be one, I should just, you know. But it's actually healthy sometimes because I'm someone that takes things very, like I don't have a, I don't pause. Like I sometimes fall into something very fast. I'm impatient, so sometimes I can make rash decisions. So in a way, the self-doubt does work for, for me. Do you regret? No, I don't think I have any regrets. Looking back? I feel like everything that happens that is negative uh, is for a reason to learn from. You don't shouldn't look back and you know it's whatever. I don't I don't look back at my life and say I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't. I learned from everything that I went through. It's good to learn and move on. True, like uh, you know, I don't have these issues of like just you know you know sometimes you go to th people like go to therapy and they start going back to their childhood and opening that box and they get into more issues because they go into so many deeper issues and I find it just. Not healthy. At all. I think what's just move forward, move on, look ahead. The thing that bothers you most in life? Um, I don't like people that are judgmental. And I think judgment is something a lot of people uh, do uh, by looking at someone, by just, just an action. Immediately we are judged for things. And I think educated people, people that have an open mind are not um, judgmental because you look beyond. And I, honestly, I don't have time to judge people. Do you have time to judge people? I, I think if you have time, then you're not busy enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. 
Um, and I'm indifferent to each their own. I really don't care. You know what I mean? Very good way to live your really? life. Really? Exactly. Um, uh, not, not, not focusing on others. Lear- learning from others. Exactly. Learn, learning learning from, from others. others. Like Also, like when you make mistakes, it's fine. Apologize. It's not a big deal. Uh, if, you, uh, if someone gave you uh, advice, take it. Don't defend yourself. Don't just um, uh, find excuses to say that it wasn't okay. Like I love it when I get uh, good advice from people. I don't take it in naqt. In naqt halu. It's good to get um, feedback. Yeah. You just reminded me something that I corrected in my life that I was doing a lot of. Tell Explaining myself. But we all did that. Always explaining myself. Same. No, but, but I, you know, no, but, but this is what I was trying to do. No, but if you give me another chance, you know, I'll. When did you stop? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stop explaining yourself when I started this. But when, oh, when you started this. When I started this. You know, it took me time because I think also this is also part of confidence. Yeah. The self-explanation uh, is, is because we're not confident. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, you know, we talk about confidence a lot. Every woman talks about confidence, but. It's so easy to say I'm confident, but it's actually a very long road to get there. I think I became confident in my mid thirties. Like I, I, I didn't. I don't think I ever had it until I was thirty-four, and it's normal. Even then, it's layered. Exactly. There are certain things you're confident about, but then there are weaknesses that you have. So it's not. A sh- it's not. Uh, you shouldn't be ashamed that you're not confident about everything, which is fine. Mm. And I'm sure we still explain ourselves in certain ways and some other, maybe minor things now, comparing to before. It's maybe way less. True. Comments, ones that you don't like, do you delete them? I used to. Now I don't care. <laughs> do you argue online? I, I did once or twice when they talked about like race or stuff, because to me, this is not relevant. And I don't like when people talk about race and stuff. I feel it's just very, I don't know, like who who is to say that I'm better or you're better? We're, you know, God has created us all equally. So why are you... You know, or like, I don't like when they say, are, why are you Saudi? Are you really Saudi? Yes, I'm really Saudi because we're like 33 million and we're not all the same. And we need to be accepting of each other. And I think that's what is, that's the beauty of Saudi, that we are from different cultures and backgrounds and different regions. We we have a different dialect uh, in Jeddah and in Riyadh and many places, which is beautiful. And how boring it will be if we were all the same. I know. In this country. It'll be really poor. And that's the joy of Saudi to say, like, you know, when I lived in Kuwait, everybody was from Kuwait because it's a small country. But here you have Al-Khubar, you have Riyadh, Al-Jabal, and you feel that it's a it's a big country. Yeah, 13 regions. And which is beautiful. 200, two or 300 towns and cities like there's... Uh... With different foods and culture and, and backgrounds and origins. And this is the beauty of Saudi. And this is what I think... Uh, our culture is so rich, and that's amazing. Yeah. I was um, I was blown away, and I said this a few times when I went to Hail. People's front doors are open. Not really. Yeah, I was like, what on earth? <laughs> I thought it was just one guy, and the whole you know the guy after him, another neighborhood. Front doors open, open, open. Everything's just open. Three a.m. That's amazing. We finished from some event, heading back to the hotel. Three eight doors open. That's when they say, Dunya lissa b'khair. So th- this is the authentic, thoroughbred, old school Saudi Arabia that they, they are still operating that way. It's nice. As cities grew, obviously crime did as well. So people made adjustments. I was more worried about the mosquitoes that go in and someone said, there's no mosquitoes here. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Mafi. They don't. I think we should, should, I should visit Hai. I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's uh, some very, very, very genuine people out of Hai, I, I have to, to say. My perception of beauty is... Mm. Confidence. 
really. It all comes back to kind of the same. Yeah, because, you know, honestly, let's be very honest. Um, you can really see an, through an insecure girl. And I think we've all been through insecurities. And um, when I think when a woman shines most is when she's at her best and at her when she's comfortable. Comfortable. And that's confidence. So I think you're even more loved when you love yourself and you have confidence, you really attract, which is not every phase in your life. It radiates. It's, it radiates. It's so obvious. Your aura grabs. Yeah. Even even when you meet, you're, you're, like even when you're single, I assure you, <laughs> when you're confident and you have self-love, you attract the right person in front of you. It's everything. And when you're not, you are not going to attract the right person. A less attractive guy with confidence yeah. will attract better than a more attractive guy with less confidence <laughs> True. would attract. And how many good-looking men are out there don't have... Very exactly. few, yeah. <laughs> Very few, right? I had to, I had to go there. <laughs> I had to take you down. Um, something that bothers you most about our society. Again, judgment. Yeah. Judgment and... Um, it's another thing I'm going to say. You know how people give you hierarchy according to who you are? Mm -hmm. Just like some people give respect according to who you are financially or what your name is. And this is something I also don't like. But this is not just in Saudi. This is everywhere in the world. Well, nowadays, it's following how big your following is. Uh, yani, you're, 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 you're graded by that. Yani, to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. When I got more following, I, I got like people would give you more attention or, or like give you more time when they never did before, which is, I found very stupid and shallow, honestly, because you know, I'm the same person that you are from before. just, I just have an extra thousand and I'm Insta famous. What's Insta famous at the end of the day, if this platform goes away, who are you? Yep. That's, so you uh, shouldn't really have that ego. And a lot of girls, they have 30 K, 100 K, even a million. She thinks she's like so important to what sar Would they become divas? You're not J Lo, darling, or you're not like uh, the Queen of Sheba. And it's ground yourself. You need to always be grounded, and that's what makes you makes you successful. Is that the worst part of social media in this era that we live in? Uh, to be honest, the worst part of social media is always being perceived as shallow because it's a very shallow. It is. It is a very shallow, uh, shallow. Um, any form of media yeah. in many ways because like you know i also work with brands it's all about pictures and beauty and everything so people can't really see much about they don't know much about you unless i i think people got to know neda when i did the lives which made me different because they started realizing oh this is the girl that takes a picture with this ad but oh no she has a story she can speak she's this person what i really don't like is when they call me fashionista or like they call me muatherabas because and i feel i'm a lot more than that and before i became these two things i was I was basically a banker. I'm a mother. I'm a I'm a business owner. I'm a yani, I'm a working woman. Before all these things happened, I I got into social media by coincidence. I never cra was crazy about fame. I thought of it as a business opportunity that is a good way to make money, and at the same time be myself and promote my businesses. To be very honest, it was never um, my goal was never fame or being uh, at all. But I just don't like that the field is so shallow. And the, a lot of, but then again, not everyone on social media is shallow, but because there are so many that are, people always perceive it as uh, tafaha. Or, uh, you know, for, I really, I really wish the perception changes. But then again, if there's a hundred social media influencers out of the hundred, you'll find like 20 that are exciting. And then the rest are all shallow. So I don't blame them for the perception they have that all of them are shallow. I guess. You get it. From all walks of life, you're going to get this, you're going to get yeah. that. Yeah. And even abroad, it's the same thing about social media. The immediate reaction is, you know, they're not like 
حسين uh, حسين علي رضا when he was on he was like social media is a tool for comparison and I was like that's it in a nutshell it's true people compare and they don't like and they, they compare what she's wearing to what she's wearing and then I'll give you an example once when I met one of the agents a while back and he's like you know Nada, on, on, on your platforms you don't uh, show much like when you have a bag that you buy open it and show it unboxing really does that like you know the Hermes bag and I'm like I'm not gonna do that it's not it's not me And then I realized that a lot of the things that get these high views are really out of my way of, uh, it's, it's really fashkhara, showing off. And it's never been me. And then he told me, if you have your car, and I told him I have an infinity with a two-car seater. <laughs> it's so not an attractive car <laughs> to show like on my page. Yani. Uh, yani, I'm just different. You're, so. not about, you're not about that. You're true to yourself. It's not me. And yeah. I'm not going to sell my soul just to get viewership. Yeah. And consistency, Some... as we said, is, what gonna, is what's going to make you grow. And I stayed consistent, even though I did not, and I didn't fall into the trap of just befriending people in, the, in social media. You know, another way to grow your following, by the way, you're going to realize, I'm sure you realize this, is to connect with other people in the industry. Mm. I'm not going to go waste my day and hang out with one girl just so she tags me and I tag her. And yeah. it's also not my way of growth, yeah. I think. Uh, selling out, ass kissing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it. it's, it's not me. You're, diff- <laughs> you're, you're, you're different. Well, you're different. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not saying it because you're there, but because I, I see, I'm seeing now how the industry operates and it's a lot of what you're not doing. No, 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 That's no. why I say you're one of the real ones. Yeah, but you know, you'd be so surprised as well. Um, a lot of the things that sell on social media are if you're funny, if you're sexy, and if you do really like eccentric things, like a story. And these views are the what basically make you hit. And I think those three things I try to avoid because I don't want to be perceived as silly or extremely sexy, or I don't want to have a story that I want to like. I want to hide when people know about it. it to me, uh, let's slow. My friend used to. Always, I have a friend of mine who used, used to always tell me, "Neda, slowly but surely." And to me, that's more than enough to to grow steadily. Bravo. Zayek. Yep. Different. <laughs> different. When was the last time you put your phone off for for a day? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. And I think I should do that. Can you can you leave it for an hour? I, I can't. I can't leave my phone for an hour. Well, I left it for half an hour today. But no, no, no. I usually can't. I always have I have messages. I'm planning something. I get what's... Uh, yeah. You have the same issue? Does it? Yeah, I do. I do. Me too. It's, it's a really bad habit. Isn't it? Isn't And by the way, I'm going to tell you something really, really funny. A lot of plastic surgeons are saying, you know, this area here with women... They're getting all this double chin because looking, they're always on their phone, looking, bowing, bend, da- bending, well, yeah. downwards, looking at the phone. So this area is becoming so weak. <laughs> so from the phone. Men as well, not necessarily. Men as well, yeah. both. We're getting um, double chins. <laughs> Just got a text like this. But it, it, it really is scary that... Okay, so if you're going between phones, if it's that time of... if it's that time to change phones mm. because the new one came out or you haven't changed in a couple of years and it takes three, four, five hours to move data. That's typically when you would go without a phone. You realize just how addicted you are to yeah. it. Actually, that, that happens once in a while, as you as you know, you mm. move data. Yeah. And it is very weird when you don't have anything on you that takes at least three hours. And that day is actually kind of weird. Yeah. Something you wish to accomplish in your lifetime. Um, creating um, a legacy in a biz- with a business I, I built a, a business I have to have that like you know I don't care to leave my name I care just to have a business that, that stays for years and they say I built it legacy 
A legacy. Yeah. A legacy, but, but business-wise, not just like fame, not for fame, no, not, no, not neda, it. just like yeah. that my kids say work in a business or a company that I've built for many years, even if they don't work in it, just like I built something. It's mama's, yeah. It's yeah. mama's business, yeah. you know? You strike me as a happy person, are you? You think? I normally am. I'm a very morning person. I, it takes a lot to, like, it takes a lot to put me down. It takes a lot to be upset. It takes a lot to be... And for me to be angry or sad, it really needs to be something really big. I'm easygoing. It takes me, it, it has to be a traumatic or dramatic experience for me to be not comfortable and very sad that I don't want to see people or live my life, you know? Is it something that you learned how to accomplish with age or you've you've always been naturally happy like your inner soul? I think I'm natural. I think it's not something natural. I think so. Knowing you, yeah. I think yeah, it's natural. You, you always were, yeah. My, yani, I love people. I love going out. I, 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 I get a joy in it. So it's just, I think it's my personality. Was there a turning point at all? That I was going through a down phase in my Anything life? Anything in life where it turned, not to lead the witness, but was it when you left banking and you're like, okay, I want to start doing my passion? Was that? At that point, it was not sadness. It was more self-doubt. And I didn't know what I was going to do in my life because I felt my, my business was realistically, when I left banking, I was working for big firms. So when I looked at this boutique, I was like, is this boutique going to last 10 more years? It's going to probably close down in 20 because the market's going to change. Until today, I think the same way. It's not my legacy because that's something that's going to continue for, say, another, let's say 12 years, say eight years. But it's going to change. The market has changed. So if I don't adapt my business to towards a, a changing market, it's not going to last. So now the Huntress is going through transition a transitional phase because we're going to move we're going to go online 100%. So it's also a scary phase. But at the same time, it's not my legacy. I know that. Responsibility is, um, is a <laughs> I know. Big time. And you need to have now, like, the way we live and the way we want to live, this is something I always like to talk about. You need to have a two-income household. Because it's impossible to sustain the lifestyle your parents gave you. When, like, we're 80s kids. At the time when there was a lot of opportunity, our parents were like milking it. At the time, now it's different for you to live the same way. You want to, you want your kid to live the exact same way you did. But for you to do that, you need to make sure that basically there's, there, there should be a two-income household. And a lot of women, this is when the problems start in a marriage. When women want to expect, expect the same life they had at their parents' house with a husband when it's not the case. Unless it's you married someone that has inherited a lot of money. So you need to be accepting and understand your husband's capabilities and like you should actually uh, both work towards something together um, or you cut your expenses to basically basically follow his, um, his what he can offer or he can accommodate to. And this is something most women, I think, in Saudi and not just Saudi, worldwide, uh, I think this is something that's been abroad for so long, but I think here it's new. Uh, the two-income household is going to become or is has become uh, the way to go more normal in egypt that's how they operate it's true because now also the, the schools are so expensive traveling tickets life it's impossible to sustain it even if you're if you if your husband's doing so well for himself it's still a cost if you have three kids or four kids yeah. it's, it's not easy no not at all not at and all. i think a smart woman understands the need to to do that or to do something for herself because also a marriage works better if the woman is busy and right. doing something for herself instead of doing just nothing Right. Back in our our days, our our moms were were housewives. Was, All of them were housewives. Yeah. The women that worked was a one off. Like how many women in how many mothers did you know worked? I, I think I knew one. I knew one. I think only one. Honestly, one. My my aunt Sultana. Uh, yeah, and Auntie yeah. Wafa, Tamara and Lulu's mom. She had her own business. Yeah. I think that was these were the only two, and that's very rare. And they were all women that were anything. 
Very, very rare. rare. But this is why I'm saying it's it, to me as Neda, the, what upsets me the most nowadays is seeing a girl that's between 25 to 40 doing nothing for herself. And call me, I don't know, to each their own again. It's uh, who am I to judge again? But I do believe that at, between this, this age group or this, if you can do something for yourself, you need to think of doing something for yourself. Build a business, do something, work for some, work for someone. You don't always have to do something for yourself. You, maybe it's, it's it's a good start to actually work in a company to learn to have the basics. You can't understand the the how nice it is to be independent. You know how many women stay with their husbands when they're horrible men just because they have no one to take care of them. That's depressing. And this happened in our mother's generation because you hear the stories. Bahdelha, he got threw her out of the house, but she went back because she has no one. She has nothing. And I refuse to accept that any woman should go through this now. And this is, if we're on this show right now, every woman should know that there's a consequence. Not every marriage lasts. Not uh, You might marry someone very well, very well off now, but in 10 years or eight years, he might not have anything. How will you, you know what I mean? These things we really need to um, uh, focus on as women and look deeper. It needs to, you need to normalize having a career for the up and coming females of this country. True. Uh, it's amazing to see the girls in our generation. It's changed. I don't know. I don't know one who isn't working. Me too. Now it's changed really so much. But my it. generation is, uh, you know, some of them are, not all, but the younger generation now is just amazing. Yeah. I'm loving this new. The 23, 24. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so proud of them. But actually, my generation, not everybody's really working. I don't think a lot of my friends had day day jobs, yeah. real day jobs, you know? Very few did. But I'm glad to see that all these girls now are in banks. And when I go to any entity, even when I went to the golf course here in Medina Malik Abdullah, how all the girls were Saudi and Everywhere. working on the ground, it's impressive. Passport control. Yeah, it's really. 50 desks, all females. I know, yeah, but it's part of this uh, vision, and I'm loving, yeah. I'm loving the vision. Uh, I'm seeing every day, you know. You know, like yeah, and, and to further to that point, I really, really, really like passing by a shop, even though I don't go in, but it's just one person in there, and it's a lady, and she's holding down the shop. Whether it's a, a, a coffee house or the barista, I saw a female barista. Yeah, it's amazing. And I was like, this is how it should have been. Why was it? no to women why should your sex determine your options and uh, opportunities why and not just that you remember back in the day when you'd go to any mall or any retail space that's public it was only men even men sold makeup and even perfumes. men sold lingerie exactly and then what happened it went to a hundred percent females in these uh, in all these entities and now it's a hundred percent sawada on all in all the malls which is amazing it, it has difficulties in ways but it is amazing to see and i remember that when when they removed men because when women started selling, sales dropped. I remember, this is like a long, long time ago. I heard from a couple of the departments where the sales dropped 30% in the beginning. And everybody was so upset from the change that it changed the numbers. But after a while, it became the norm because yeah. it was a transitional phase. Yeah. But can you imagine these days? Crazy. In 10 years, a woman went from not being able to own a business, nor drive a car, nor go to the mall or get a job. Nor travel without parental nor consent. Nor travel or staying in a hotel. Exactly. Now you can drive your car to the mall where your business is at <laughs> to uh, to check up on your store and even work at it if you want to uh, during I'm, I'm prayer limitless. times. Exactly. Even, even 
touchy subject. I just didn't agree with how retail took advantage of closing down for Maghrib or Isha 45 minutes to an hour. I worked in retail 15 years ago, 20 years ago, one of my first jobs. And when Salat al-Maghrib or Isha would come, we would, I'd follow what the other guys there who were before me would do, which is shut down for an hour, our break time. And you know who gets screwed? Business owner. Of course. The economy. It doesn't take an hour to wash and pray. It takes 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And there are foreigners both. there that don't even pray. Yeah. Um, something people don't know about you, Nada. Mm, I play tennis. <laughs> I no, don't no, no, know. No, no, no. We, we want something juicier. A juicier? Hmm. <laughs> I never thought I'd want to have kids in the beginning. When I, when I had, before I had my kids, I never really thought I liked children. Really? I, I never really... I never had a joy for kids in the beginning. I never like I never thought of myself as a mother or any of that. And, and now and now how do and you And now I'm in love with my two boys and yeah, I never thought I'm, I'll be that personality like I'll have like kids. I, it was never like in my head I want to be a mom, I want to be a mom. I don't know why it's weird. And then it happened and after Ahmed I really wanted to have another one and alhamdulillah I have two boys and I'm done. For sure. Sweet, sweet spot, by the way. Two yeah, is the new five. Two is the new five. And honestly, honestly, I'm I'm happy with the, that I have two boys. I think if I had a girl, I'd like be very difficult. Maybe. see you with a girl, though. You do? You. Yeah, definitely. No, 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 I'm, I'm done. Absolutely. Two is more than enough. Yeah. Um, would you say that today you have everything that you ever wished you'd have? Uh, in terms of my family, for sure. I'm very lucky to, and blessed to have my uh, my husband and my kids in my life. Uh, but in terms of work, no, I still feel I have a long, long way to go. I think I, I'm, I didn't even like hit the iceberg yet. But you're happy with how far you've come. I'm happy. I'm proud of myself. I feel I've done I've done a good job. But it doesn't mean I'm I'm content to where I am. I feel like there's a long way to go, and I still have a I still have a lot of energy to get there. I think what you just said is a good way for anyone to live their lives. Be happy with how far you've come. But don't feel like, you know, just don't feel like you've done enough. Uh, stay hungry. Um, you have to work so hard in your 30s and 40s, so hard to actually be able to say, I want to retire at 50. And my old boss told me this, and it's true. You have to work so hard during these years to actually be able to, to work for yourself and just relax in your 50s or just like operate Instead of build, you know mm. what I mean? And I think um, that's reasonable. 30s and 40s, you're young, you're, alhamdulillah, and we're all in good health, alhamdulillah. Why not? So, and honestly, what's life with no task or work? There's no joy. Or challenges. Or challenges. Or it's, bad days. Or, exactly, or bad days. It's, it's a cycle. And uh, you know what I learned uh, recently? There are things that are really, um, we go through bad days and we go through problems, but always think that it's not going to last forever. It's going to be over soon. And uh, it, it, like my whole life is not going to be this problem. I'm going to move on. Because if we don't, this negativity kills you. And this is what causes sickness and, and uh, like problems. And I've, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram. This lady said that stress and anger and pain cause cancer. I, this lady was talking about it once on Instagram. And I feel like bad energy and negativity and sadness causes a lot of health issues on every level. So we need to show you let it go. I can believe that. Yeah, I, May I believe, believe that. Uh, un unhappiness and stress can can give you some diseases. You have uh, eczema when you're stressed. You have colon issues when you're stressed. God knows whatever else you have when you're stressed. You get uh, thaliba. What do they call it? Uh, Tumor. No, not the, the, when the hair falls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
everything happens. Hair, hair fall. Hair, hair loss yeah. when you stress. So all these aspects combined are from stress. So why uh, relax? We need to chill. My perception. I'm not chilled though, but then we need to chill. <laughs> my, a lot of my perception on life changed when someone told me everything is temporary. And I was true. like, there's nothing in life more true than that. True. Everything is temporary. Everything. There's nothing. You know, if you're complaining about something in your life, give it a second. Could be a year. Could be two. It won't last forever. Even the biggest uh, issue with COVID took how long? Two yeah. years. Yeah. And now we're fine. It's temporary. Temporary. It was yeah. a temporary uh, thing that happened that taught, taught us all to chill and calm down and stay home and under, and know each, get to know each other more. Get to know each did other. Did you get to know your wife more <laughs> during yeah, COVID and your yeah. family more? Or she got to know me better. Ah, she got to know you. <laughs> As long as you last through COVID, your marriage is going to last forever. Battle stripes. No, huh? I really believe that. Battle tested. No, don't you think? Of course. A lot of uh, It's funny. Uh, um, when I was stuck here in Saudi for nine months with Ahmed, because Hamad was in Kuwait during the, 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 there was no traveling and stuff. Everybody told me, Nadi, you know, the best thing ever was that you were not with your husband during the, the, during this time. I was like, why? It's, it was so bad. It was so hard on us. And I'm like, trust me, everybody's either getting divorced <laughs> or had a horrible uh, time during that period. I was like, oh, really? They're like, you should thank God every day for that. It was a big spike in the, in the divorce, divorce rates. Divorce rates, yeah. yeah. Something that I've noticed in our culture these days compared to like, my mom got married at 18, right? My wife married me at 27. Okay. Uh, is that something that uh, you, you notice as well, like a shift in our culture? Like when did you get married, for example? I got married at 32. And I think the day I got married, my mom was like, was thanking God that I got married. She was like so worried about me not getting married at an earlier stage. She got married at 21, had us all by 25 or 26, I think. Um, I think society really rushes you in making decisions um, to get married at an early age because like, when I got married, when I was in, in, when I came back from Boston, four of my really good friends got married very early, which 22, 23, very, very early marriages. Doesn't mean they're bad marriages. Some of them were successful, some didn't work out. But I really am pro a late marriage because I think you know yourself more as a female. Uh, I won't lie to you, at the time I felt it was weird, but I, I also didn't find the right companion that understood me. I was always like traveling and I wanted to live my life. and. Every time I would meet someone, I felt it was like it was like I had to like give up something. And I remember someone told me on a cruise ship called Celebrity, she was Canadian. She's like, when you get married, darling, you need to marry someone that adds to your life. Someone that's like a friend, not someone that's basically going to just take. And when I met Hamad at 30, 30, 31 or 30, uh, 30, it was so nice to meet someone that enjoyed every single thing I said or did. There was nothing wrong with it or like the fact that I love to live and love to travel and love to work. Uh, so it, it's very important to choose a companion that, that likes you as you are, not wants to change you. And the majority of people always settle for marriages at an early age because they're afraid they don't get married. Or like, you know, we have this comment in Saudi that says that luck only comes one time. We hear these weird comments and um, the comments I used to get like, uh, how can I even do that? Yeah. It's like as if you were like a spinster and you're only 25 or 26 or 27. But it's, it's kind of a lot of pressure on women 
to feel that, and maybe they, she doesn't even want to get married, but it's just because everybody's getting married, she feels left out. Everybody's talking about kids, she feels left out. It's not for everyone, by the way. It's, and, it, and it's not for it's everyone. It's perceived as though it is for everyone. And also having children is not for no, everyone. But no. we, uh, So this is something I feel like uh, has to change and has changed over time, that now a lot of the people around me got married later. It's normal to get married. The, the average woman now getting pregnant is in her 30s. It's not even in her 20s anymore. Yeah. Uh, women are seeking higher education, are working. Um, so it's different. And I always give this advice to women, don't rush into a marriage just because you feel society's pressuring you or your parents are pressuring you. I get so many messages on Snapchat uh, asking me about... Uh, telling me that her parents are pressuring her to marriage, they're, they're making her feel bad, and it's not like she has a suitor. So it also affects women in a very negative way emotionally, as if there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you. You just met, haven't met the right person. And some women meet men or go through relationships, sadly, that don't um, give them that confidence. They actually can actually put them down, yeah. which doesn't mean... Um, there's anything wrong with her again. So it's sad. So as I said, the cycle of life is going through these ups and downs to meet the right person, which is normal. should be the slowest normal. decision you make in exactly. life. Exactly. How old so were you when you got married? 30. 30. You were also young. You were young. I, 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 I thought it was a sweet spot. I liked it. But 30 is okay. Yeah, but, yeah. 30, but for a man, 30 is it's fine. Yeah. yeah it's, it's the cusp. It should be yeah. nothing sooner. Uh, yeah. My, I got married 32. My husband was 34. Okay. But in Kuwait in general, I've noticed all his friends are still single. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, kind yeah, of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I didn't come along, he would have still been single. <laughs> it's too chill. The issue we have here is that marriage is tied to perceived happiness when some of the happiest people I know aren't married. I'm not, I'm not saying that don't get married, you'll be happier. I'm saying marriage does not equal happiness. And at the same time, some of the most unhappy people I know are married. Yeah, because sometimes you're in the wrong marriage with the right, wrong and you have kids and you just feel kids. bad to leave. Exactly. And you're it's a cycle of unhappiness. You just feel guilty to break this home yeah. you built. Like my parents got divorced after 22 years uh, of marriage. Uh, they're great people. I just don't think it worked out. And I don't think it worked out a, lo a long time before. But I just guess uh, they were afraid of breaking the home. And each one went their own way. But um, but then again, at that time, not everybody got divorced. It was kind of weird. Like I was me and another girl that only in class that had divorced parents. Very rare. It was like so weird, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. back in the day. And now divorce is like, you know, it's like fast food, a fast food burger. Yeah, literally. So before we wrap up, what mm -hmm. are you up to in the next couple of weeks and months? Uh, well, my nanny visa got refused to Schengen, for Schengen visa. Oh, but, God. Uh, so no, no Europe for no me. Europe. Uh, I have a lot, a couple of work trips in July, but I'm thinking of doing Asia. Hopefully I'm excited to go to Thailand and Bali. I haven't been in so long. Amazing. I've been before, but like maybe I go with the kids since the past. I'm not, I, I didn't want to ruin my holiday, so I said I'm going to go to Asia, which I love. So why not? Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And like I have, a, I have two businesses that I'm working on. Inshallah, I can open them one out in, out in, after the summer. Inshallah. I wish me like, and, and Bimini, when are you trying our massage service? Yes. I'm sending you a massage. Yes. No, you told me about this. We didn't touch on it. So it's a spa service that comes to the house. It's a home service spa that is just massage. Okay. And we got girls, from, ladies from Malawi. Um, their hands are very strong and they have very good, a very good grip. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the most famous things we're, fa we're like we're very known for is Madeira therapy, which is the wood therapy and uh, cupping, which is very good for women and shaping and all that. So this is doing so well with us. And of course we do everything else obviously, but what's different about their technique is they have very solid hands. And you know, here there's a lot of Asians, but these women are more, I don't know how to explain to you. They're just, 
the the grip is so much um, stronger. So a lot of women are happy with the service, and I'm took me like more than two years to recruit them to get them here. Amazing. So I'm very happy about them. They never skip hand day. No. <laughs> like never skip legs day. You never skip hand. Day. They're just really good, and I want I, I'm going to send you a massage, Amazing. and I want you to tell me your honest opinion. Please. I'll do. I'll send you a couple's massage. Okay, please do. I am I am a sucker for massages. I okay, love them. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Neda. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I'm so happy to be here. Wallah al-Azim. It's been, uh, it took a while for me to get here, but now okay. I'm here. All good things come to those who wait. And we're going to do a live together on my platform on yes, Instagram. Yes, please. I would love that. Thank <laughs> yeah, you so like, much. Thank Nada. you. You're the best. You thank too. You. Bye.